Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Austin and Jake DeRaff with Raven 3 Homebuyers, and they flew in from White Plains, New York to share how they did 60 transactions in the last 12 months. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. Uh, one question I get a lot is how do I become one of 100 millionaires? Please allow me to answer it here. The information on this podcast alone is enough to make you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. Take consistent action and you will become one. When you hear a nugget, type, type into the comment section after the show, identify your biggest takeaway and focus on just that for the next seven days. If you're impatient like me, you want to cut two or three years off that time. You're struggling to turn leads into appointments, frustrated because you're not closing enough your appointments or angry because some of your sellers go dark days before close of escrow. Let's schedule a call at disruptors.com. We'll see if we can help you become a millionaire faster. And I created a checklist for the perfect seller appointment. So this is a script my team uses when we run our seller appointments. If you're interested in purchasing it, please go to disruptors.com slash checklist. It's not free, so please know that before you go. Uh, if you get value today, please tag a friend below or share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. You guys ready? Yes, ready, sir. yes. All right, so first question, what got you guys into real estate? So it was crazy. So we're actually only 23 years old. I know we look younger, but we are 23. Uh, three years ago, we dropped out of school. Parents were like, all right, guys, either going back to school or you're leaving. So like, all right, we're out. We left the house and we were at the library one day and I'm sitting at the library. Jay comes over to me. He's like, he drops something on my desk. It's in the title of, the, of the, the story was how to buy real estate with no money, no credit and no license. I said, all right, I have none of those three, no money, no credit, no license. <laughs> and I was reading about it and it kept bringing up wholesaling. And we got, you know, started to dive digging deep. It was actually by Cody Sperber. And then since then we just, we, we dived in full, uh, full on. So it was three years ago. Yep, three, three years, years ago. Summer of 17. Okay, so you guys were living with your parents? Yeah, we were, yeah. Yep. You guys were going to college? We dropped out of school. You yeah. guys dropped out of school. Yes. Where were you guys going? Uh, I was going to Iona College in New Rochelle. Uh -huh. And then I was going to school in the city. Yeah. Okay. So you guys were majoring in what? Business management, whatever that is. <laughs> finance, but I learned nothing about finance. Okay. So you guys were in it. You guys just weren't feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. We just weren't getting enough value from college. And so you guys decided to quit college before you guys figure out what you wanted to well, do. Well, we came home for the summer and that's when I actually found that course. And, you know, we were looking to get into something because we really didn't want to go back to school. We were trying to figure out what could we do to create some money in our pocket, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's when we came into wholesaling. We figured out that we can get into the business without putting any money down, having a license, or having any credit. Yeah. And you guys found that in a library or you guys found it online? I bought the Cody Sperber course for 300 bucks. Okay, so you bought the course. Yeah. And then you, you went to Austin. You're like, this is what we're doing. I dropped it on his desk. I said, look at this. We're always flipping something. We used to flip shoes, flip flip sneakers, let's flip everything. So like, what's real estate was just more, more zeros. So we like that. When were you guys doing that? When were you guys flipping like shoes and stuff? During high school, we were 12, 13, 14. What kind of shoes are you flipping? Jordans. <laughs> buy for 100, flip it for two. It's no different than real estate, you know? So yeah. we, we once we found out about this, we just went all in, you know? Burned every other bridge. Yeah, we've been hustling our whole lives. So there are people that listen to this. I mean, I get people reaching out to me that are 15 years old, and I'm not suggesting this for 15-year-olds, but I mean, they, they range in age, you yeah. know, as early as 15. Yep and you know, as old as whatever, but it's very common. I hear someone's like, you know, I'm 19, I don't know what to do. Yeah. What advice would you give that guy? I would say first start on your mindset, you know, figure out exactly what you're looking to accomplish and then figure out exactly who you're hanging around and who you're lis listening to. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of, you know, back yourself from that goal and to figure out exactly what you're looking to do. Well, I mean, when you guys were 20, who were you guys listening to that allowed you to take this leap? 
Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone. You guys are listening to Tony Robbins at 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. Funny. I, it's just yeah, that that's summer, not what I was listening to. When that I was summer 20. we went to his uh, his Unleash the Power Within, June yeah. of 2017. You say that again? Unleash the Power Within. You was, went to? Yeah. 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 When did you go? Yeah, the same that same summer we bought the course. Okay, so you guys bought this Cody Sperber course and then you guys went to Tony Robbins event. Yeah, yeah. All right. That must not have been cheap. It was a couple hundred bucks really honestly. We were sitting really? all the way up in the, the bleachers. Power? Yeah. Oh, so you guys didn't get to walk through the fire. We we did, but we just every get everybody gets to. Man, yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. I guess I gotta go to one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Surrounding yourself with the right mindset. I mean, so are you encouraging then these younger guys in college to watch YouTube? Like, what do you recommend for those guys? Well, I would say if you're trying to get into real estate, the first thing you have to do, I know it sounds crazy, you have to make a commitment. Because, like, a lot of people try to get in this business, but they have, like, three other backup plans. You have to first burn every backup plan you have, and then once you have that full commitment, you'll kind of figure out the rest. I know it sounds crazy. You go on YouTube, you figure some stuff out, start doing deals, but the first step, I would say, 15, 14, or even 50 years old, is to first make that commitment. Yeah. And then uh, Ryan here says you guys look really young. He's, I think he's younger than you guys. So Ryan, if you're listening right now, stop by the studio, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> um, so um, let's talk about then, there must have been people in your ear saying stay in college you're mm. throwing your life away mm. what was that conversation like yeah there's a lot of noise and that's kind of why we left you know even our parents gave us noise so unfortunately we have to abandon them as well you know really? it's, it's just yeah. part of the game because Did you burn that bridge completely not yet not, yet. <laughs> not completely not completely but yeah there's a lot of noise in the beginning friends family didn't understand you know they were very everyone was corporate so they understood go to school get a job nine to five make your salary pay your taxes, and that's it but we just knew there was another option you know because mm-hmm. we grew up always trying to hustle and flip something so we had to kind of separate ourselves to get to show results and then once we showed them results now our dad now works for us because once he saw the results he wants everyone wants to be part of the team you know yeah so that's what we had to do okay so you guys found this course online mm-hmm. yep bought it consumed it i imagine mm-hmm. Oof. quickly yeah. yes and then what you guys took massive action was there yeah, we took a lot of massive action for eight months. We didn't get our first deal done. Eight months. Eight months. So how was that with your parents watching you, <laughs> saying you guys are dummies, mm-hmm. and you're taking eight months to do your first deal? Because that's that's common, right? Oh yeah. But a lot of people are going through. They're trying to get their first deal. You see some people like you know like this. This is all a scam. Like they tried it, it didn't work. Yeah. So you have pressure from your parents saying mm-hmm. like, you guys are, are are throwing your careers away. Yeah. Yeah, that was the toughest part because like. Every every week on the phone with them, talk to them, and not make any money. Obviously, people want to they want us to go back to school. So that was the toughest part. But we just stayed very consistent. And I think the biggest also thing is we knew our goals. You know, we weren't looking at this as a one day thing or a one year thing. We were looking at it as a five ten year plan, and we wanted to achieve our goals. So we we, we stayed we continued to hustle. You know, and I think that's most people get stuck up on. They give up too early. So what does hustling consist of at that time? Just you know, putting in consistent daily efforts consistently day in and day out and you have to exactly you have to really just figure out exactly what you want i keep saying that but if you don't know what you want then you don't know how you're going to get there if you don't so know how you're going to get there what did you want at that age well we wanted to get into the fix and flipping business so we we, we, we knew that we could wholesale and build up cash flow as a way to get into that business mm-hmm. so after that eighth month you know we did our first deal we put all the money back into marketing and you know we just consistently um invested in ourselves and invested in our business yeah so what were you guys doing you know, you're talking about taking consistent action. What were you guys doing, you know, every day yeah. for those eight months before your first deal? We did the wrong consistent. The thing is, we weren't really consistent in the beginning. We were doing so many marketing strategies, Steve, like knocking on doors, 
bandit signs, but we were weren't consistent with each one. Like we would put out ten signs, go to ten lawyers, do like nothing was really consistent. I think that was the real reason why we didn't get deals. The moment we actually turned everything off, started with one strategy, or right, we're gonna do bandit signs, let's scale this. Boom, bandit signs worked. All right, let's scale cold calling. Let's scale door knock, and that's how we started to grow an actual business. Yeah. The problem is we were doing so many different strategies, and that that was the, the and wrong. We had way. no experience. We didn't. We, yeah. Was anyone coaching you through this? Uh, in the beginning, not really. Uh, not no. really. No. Okay, because I, I think that's a good point. You know, for a lot of people that are listening right now, is you had all these ideas. There's no shortage of marketing ideas. Yeah, that's true. And so everyone's like jumping on all these different things, mm-hmm. and you guys said, "To heck with it." We're going to go all in on one. Yeah, exactly. And that's when things took off. Exactly, exactly. yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your very first deal. Bandit signs. My Bandit favorite. Time. My <laughs> favorite. So, yeah, it was a Bandit sign. It was actually a follow-up, which one people who are listening to this, follow-up is really the key. Like, mm-hmm. you're not probably not going to get them always the first shot. So, if you continue to follow-up, I guarantee you will close more deals. Um, but the first transaction, it came through a Bandit sign. It was actually a follow-up. I was going through my Google Voice, which I don't use anymore, but I was going through it. And I was like, hey, I haven't called this girl back. So I ended up calling her. She was actually, hey, I was actually gonna call you. I was all right, perfect, you know? So we actually ended up meeting at the property, complete hoarder, this stuff, this, you know, much of, of junk in her house. And uh, we ended up closing the deal, making about 18,000. And ever since then it was, you know, it was lights, day and night. So out here, if you're putting out bandit signs, generally the kind of calls you're gonna get are from like enforcement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, hey, you can't be doing this. Mm-hmm. I gotta imagine New York, there's gotta be more regulation. Yeah, we um we put out so many signs. I think they forgot about. It. They, they just they don't want to keep keep calling us. We just we won't stop. Yeah. You know, we're really consistent. But it goes right to an answering service. So they just say they're, they're the answering service. They really can't get to us. Mm-hmm. Very hard. So they call the bandit signs. Goes to uh, they leave a voicemail and then you return the calls that you want to return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that first deal you guys did, you guys locked it up mm-hmm. and you wholesaled it. Yep. Yeah, correct. Who'd, you, who'd you wholesale to? We actually had a buyer fill out an online web form, like a $5 website we made. We had no money, so we fill out the form. I call him, hey, you, you're looking to buy in this area. He actually, I had to sell him to, to buy the deal because he didn't even know the area. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, these numbers sound good, so we had to sell him to buy the deal. So, ended up working out. Yeah. Uh, you got some people saying, you know, Queens is in the house. How far is Queens from White Plains? 40 minutes. Yeah, not uh-huh. too far. Gotcha. All right, so the first deal you did, it was through hustle, through follow-up, but it wasn't too challenging, doesn't sound like wasn't too challenging now. So one thing that was really important to me, besides the age component, right, is that I hear all the time how hard it is to do deals in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, the number one complaint is that attorneys try to kill deals. Yep. <laughs> you, you guys want to expand on that? Uh, I mean, we don't really have too many issues with that. We get a lot of contracts signed in person as well. Mm-hmm. So we do go through attorneys, but you know, when we put ten, we put down 10% t- t- sometimes on an EMD. So the okay. attorneys know that we're legitimate, we're looking to close, or our buyer's looking to close. But quick point, so in the beginning, the, the problem was yes, we had some, we did some transactions where we had actually had a couple of deals where the attorneys tried to steal the deals from us. So for that- What is it? Yeah, it Let's was talk crazy. about that. So yeah, sometimes you get really good deals. The attorneys have they have a lot of money they from Manhattan and they're like, hey, I'll buy it myself, you know, or hey, mm-hmm. I don't recommend you doing that, or they have another client that'll buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. So they have, it's, very, it's, it's a little harder out there. So what we started to do was, like you guys are out right here, we go right to the sellers now, we have a purchase and sale contract, we have them signed there. Mm-hmm. And then if we get roadblock, then we deal with it there. But we don't let the attorneys kill our deals now because we go right to the sellers and get them to sign there. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, like, because, my understanding is, you know, we got here, we're, we're an escrow state, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no attorneys here. The fewer attorneys are involved, the better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You guys over there, it's an attorney state. Yeah. 
So you have to see attorneys. You only need an attorney to close the close deal, the deal, not when you're actually signing a contract. So once we once we understood that, we don't actually need them to sign a contract. We just went right to the seller. So you guys just bring a contract with you to the seller. Yep. Yeah. They sign it, and the attorney closes it. And that attorney doesn't screw things up. No. Because they're, they're on our team. They know. We support them. I mean, them, that yeah. seems like really common sense. Yeah. But people still have problems with it. So am I am I missing something, or is there a complaint that... Maybe I'm, it's I'm a mindset shift because they think it's a near. It's just because it's an attorney state. You need them. You physically only need them at closing. Mm-hmm. So if the sellers are comfortable signing there, which a lot of times they are. They just want their money at two fifty. I'll, I'll take it. You As know? is, you know. It's, yeah. So once you get it signed, we give it a title. Title runs it. We give a couple bucks down an EMD, and then we have a closing attorney represent them at, at the closing. Yeah. Okay, so you guys might be kind of opening the floodgates in New York. Making it sound like it's not as hard as everyone thinks it is. It, it's definitely challenges. challenges. Now, <laughs> <laughs> we operate in a couple different counties, so yeah. each county is a little bit different to do business yeah. in. Yeah. So the lower-priced homes are easier to do because some of the sales $50,000 homes. You know, it's a, no, it's a contract. There's no contingencies. It's an as-is deal. They're $50,000 homes in New York? In, in Orange County, yeah, Dutchess County, yep. But then in Westchester County, you're looking at two, three, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000. Yeah. And that's the other thing I've heard a lot of. Uh, the complaints are that because the price point is so high, it's just hard to, to move. What are your thoughts on that? Like move the actual property? Like yeah, like to, to, to lock it up and then wholesale. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, sometimes you have to close on them or like you do hotel them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're getting at the right price in a hot market, you can always find an end buyer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always wholesale it. Gotcha. All right. So Raven 3, what, what, what's what's the idea behind I mean, the three just kind of sticks out there. Raving through home buyers. What's the three mean? So our last name is Duraf. It's actually a Dutch last name. So in English, Duraf means Raven. Mm-hmm. So it's Raven three. Me, my brother, and my father. No okay. mom. No forgot about the mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, she doesn't remind you guys that over Thanksgiving or nothing. Nah. <laughs> All right. So you guys wholesale, flip, wholesale. You're a realtor, and you do short sales. Correct. What is, I mean, you got a lot of things going on. What does that look like? Well, we like, our whole goal is we want to monetize every lead to its full capacity. So when we find a lead that we think we can get a good deal at, we look at every deal on its own. Mm -hmm. So if we think there's not a lot of work and we can get at a good deal, we'll wholesale it, we'll we'll close on it, put a little bit of work into it and get that retail price. If we can get it at a really cheap number and it's vacant, needs a lot of work, we'll wholesale it. And then we also actively fix and flip when the properties need, you know, 60, 70, $80,000 worth of repairs. So each property, you look at it and you just kind of examine it. Yeah, exactly. Because we work at two, this is another important thing, find like good realtors in your area because we have just two realtors in our area. If a deal comes in, there's no equity, they go to shorts, they have a whole short set apartment, each one of them. And then if it's retail, they go on the retail appointment. And mm-hmm. so yeah, our, our lead managers set up retail appointments for our agents. And then if it's not retail, it goes for acquisitions. So there's always a point being set or some type of transaction being made. But you're licensed. Yeah. I don't like to list properties. No. I like I, I like the investing game. Yeah. Okay. So how does that work? So you said you have two agents on your team? We have yeah, they two work agents. very closely with us. And different okay. each each county is a different agent that we automatically give the, the, the listings to. And since I'm a licensed agent, I get a fifty percent kickback of any deal we put together with them. So they list list the property, they'll kick back my um, you know, my realty group fifty percent. Gotcha. What about the short sales? Short sales, same thing, so those same agents in those So same the accounts. same agents. We like yeah. to buy a couple once in a while if they're good deals. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, you know, we talked about 60 transactions last year or in the last 12 months. Yeah. What are the, like the, you know, how many wholesales, how many flips, how many hotels? Um, the, like majority wise, I would say 70% is going to be wholesale. The other 20, 25, 20% is going to be um, ho- uh, ho- 
fix and flip, and the rest are going to be either short sales or retail Hope. listings. Yeah. Yeah. But we just started to ramp it up. Now we have probably 50 wholesales in the pipeline, another 10 or 10, 15 buys, and then a lot of sh a lot of retail listings. So it's way over 60 at, at this point. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of the things that you know when you when you guys are sending over the huds, and uh, I think. Was I talking to you? I think it was me, yeah. I think I was talking to you initially, and I was like, you just, I didn't know who you were, I had no idea who you guys were. Yeah. I was like, just send me some HUDs, and then we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll take it from there. And then you guys did. Yeah. And I was looking at one, I was like, you did 135 on one of them. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that deal. Which yeah. deal specifically? I don't know, there's one that you did $135,000 spread on. So the good thing on New York, we do a lot of big deals, so, mm -hmm. you know, majority of our, right now the majority of our wholesales are $30,000, $35,000 plus. Mm -hmm. And then if we're not, we're not going to take down a property unless we're making at least 65000 Just because, like we were telling you, it takes time, a lot of construction budget, mm -hmm. we just want to make sure the numbers make sense. Yeah. So we have set parameters before we actually close in the properties. So then let's talk about another way. You said your average wholesale is thirty to thirty-five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if you guys are going to, and then... Imagine different numbers for hotel, different number for flip. Yes. Correct, yeah. So on your uh, average hotel, like what do you guys? Nothing less than 50. Nothing less than We're 50. doing six-figure hotels right now too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then if you're going to flip, then you're going you're going big. Yeah. yeah. So, it makes sense, yeah. So let's talk about, you know, your average flip. What does your average flip look like as far as like the, the, the product, you know, the house? So what's actually interesting right now is that since, I don't know if everybody knows, New York City, one of the biggest cities in the world, not a lot of people are looking to live in these small apartments anymore. So mm -hmm. they're looking to get out and they're looking to get into these counties, Westchester County, Putnam, Rockland, Dutchess. Now, when we list a property and it's fully fixed up, we're getting like 30 showings in one day, 40 showings in one day. We're getting, we just got $75,000 over ask on a flip. So yeah. like at the end of the day, there's What was the asking price on that one? 525, yeah. And you got 600? Yeah. Wow. We bought it for 235, we put 80 grand. Good, good realtors, shout out to our realtors. <laughs> yeah, so like we like to take down those big deals and you know, yeah. yeah, so. Okay, and that's like your typical product or that's your? Typical buys around 200 to 225. Renovation. If we do renovate it, Steve, it's probably gonna be like fifty to sixty thousand renovation, and then the resale is three ninety nine and four and a quarter. Mm -hmm. But sometimes closer to the city, you're looking at five to hundred thousand dollar resale prices. So how close was that to the city? Because you that was I, close, I, real close. I've been reading minutes. like, I mean, yeah, it's, Manhattan's, it's going through some interesting stuff right now. Oh yeah, motivated sellers <laughs> say that definitely. Yeah. So I mean, well, I guess let's talk about that. Like, what are you finding right now as far as the motivated sellers? Um, in our market, there's a lot depending on where you are, but we're definitely seeing a lot more. A lot of people can't afford their mortgages because mm -hmm. they bought at times where, you know, it wasn't even 2008, 2009, and now they're starting to see the benefits of, you know, paying, buying high prices, so. Mm -hmm. And we buy a lot of vacant homes as well. So, you know, you know, when a seller has a second home and they're just, it's dilapidated and they don't want to take care of it, we come in, we provide cash, and we close real quick. So, you guys are 40 minutes from Queens. I mean, yeah. How far are you from Manhattan? 45 uh, minutes. Yeah. Okay, so that's all like right there. Yeah, yep. right there. Okay. Yeah. But you're not, are you dealing with a lot of distressed sellers there or are you dealing with distressed sellers? We, where don't, you guys do, are at? we don't do business in the boroughs. Yeah. We, okay. We stay out of there, yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Just Good harder question. found deals. There's a lot of competition. We have a niche in where we are and mm -hmm. you know, it's our backyard. We lived here our whole lives. So we just understand the market. We understand every city, every town. Yeah. So. A lot of our a lot of our hosted is already pre-sold. Like we go to a house, we already know who our guys gonna buy it. So it's mm -hmm. like we just it's we're comfortable obviously here. Yeah. Maybe in the future we'll branch out there. Probably will. But for right now we like to stick where we know because we want to get an R around our marketing. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Uh, and then I saw something about apartments. Yeah. What's that about? So right now we own 16 units, two different buildings, um, both privately financed, and then we have another tenant contract. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to get a lot of apartment units because obviously you know passive income is the best income. 
It is. You guys aren't worried about that at all right now? No. Nope. Okay. I mean, the stuff you're buying, are they distressed? Yes. Yeah. And in massive cash flow? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Taxes are high, though. Taxes are super high. <laughs> what are taxes like? So the one building we bought for six seventy five, it's nine units and it's thirty six thousand in taxes. So we're gonna have to reduce those crazy. So. The ARV is about one point two million though. So yeah. how'd you guys find that one? I was actually through a property management company referred the the property manager to us. So it was actually through like a referral. I don't even know. Hmm. I, I, we, we knew somebody for the property management company. Yeah. Yeah. So just you know, people know that we do. We, we're serious buyers. So let's talk about your business as it stands today. Yeah. So you mentioned you got two realtors that they do your retail and your short sale. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned appointment setters. Yep. So what is the organization like? So we have two lead managers, um, two full-time acquisition uh, agents, one full-time transactional coordinator, two full-time disposition managers, a head uh, project manager, and then an assistant project manager, and then uh, like three, or about two or three full-time GCs that work on all of our stuff. Yeah. How many flips do you guys have going on right now? Five. Five? Yeah, but we're gonna and ramp two it up. Two or three full-time GCs? Yeah, two right, right now. We're trying to buy, we have 10 in contract we're buying, like closing on, so we wanna have each do three. What's the, uh, what's the, you know, the thought process behind, you know, like expanding right now? Because we just see a lot of retail activity. Mm-hmm. Buyers literally cannot buy retail. Everybody, there's multiple bids on every property that's priced right. And the whole thing about it is in New York, there's the fixed up inventory, there's, no, there's none of it. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of flippers. And if they are, they don't even do a great job. And we stage all of our homes, we do really fantastic work so that yeah. when people come into the property, we had 60 people on Saturday at one of our showings. Like, and we had, you know, we got that offer above asking, but we just, you know, we put out a good product for the, uh, for the public. Was that cash? Huh? Was that the 600, was that cash? No, I conventional. wish, I wish, conventional. So you didn't even worry about the appraisal? No. No? Cause there's so much, so. There's, there's, we were the cheapest two family in the market in that area too, so. We priced it right. Okay, yeah. all right. So what about marketing? What are you guys doing for marketing right now? So yeah, good question. So marketing, um, our, Main strategies are bandit signs, cold calling. We actually have a door knocking team, physically go out and door knock these properties. Direct mail, we kind of slowed down, but we're starting to back up again. And a lot of like, you know, online Facebook ads and, and SEO. So what's your highest, like your top two or three performing? Door knocking, bandit signs, and then targeted, very targeted direct mail. Um, who's not, you said you got one or two door knockers? We, have th- we used to have six, we kind of slowed it down. Now we have about three full-time door knockers. Who are they knocking? Uh, pre-foreclosures, probates, list, uh, we list stack all our lists. So like people that are on like three or four lists, you know? Yeah. Cause they're, every list they're on, so. Mm-hmm. What are you guys using for that? Uh, list stacking, yeah. property list manager. Gotcha. Um, so one thing, again, I was messaging with you guys, yeah. you know, on Instagram. And then I got into Collective Genius, brought in to, to help, you know, improve people's uh, sales processes. Yep. And so you guys were in there. Yes, sir. So you guys signed up around in March. In March, talk about that because I, I told Jason Medley, you know, he's 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 a lousy self promoter. So I was gonna say any given any time I can, I'm gonna you know push CG. Mm-hmm. Talk about CG. How it's helped you guys? It's definitely just helped us tremendously. You know, uh, anytime we need any type of you know advice or expertise, there's so many people. There's so many different service providers. These guys are doing millions and millions of dollars of deals, as you know. So. Yep. It's just, you know, your net, we love to say your network is your net worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We love being in CG. We love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other New Yorkers in there? Billy Alvaro. Billy Alvaro's in there? A couple okay. guys, yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is like this, like I have a, money is time. So if I have a problem and I gotta go shop around and find it, it's gonna cost me money. So if I have a problem, I call someone in CG, 
hey, Leon, who can I help me with this? And the answer's right there. Yeah. It always is. He's really good at connecting. He's great. So that Shout out to Leon Barnes. Yeah, yeah, that changed the game. Yeah, Leon's great. And actually, yeah, I forgot. Glenn's out there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so in your market, you know, like, people look at our market and, and, and they think we're crazy, right? There's, there's a lot of guys doing really well out here. Yeah. In your market, how are you guys different than your peers? Three things. Speed. So, like, if a call comes in, we're at their house the same day. Mm-hmm. We'll be with them for four or five hours. We really service them. We think about servicing before profits, and that's how our mindset. We tell the acquisition guys, just do, just service them, and we'll get it sold, and you guys will make money. So we really focus on providing services. For example, we have a relocation department. So, like, if we need to relocate them, we'll physically go and help them relocate. We'll physically give them money for a down payment. We just wired $13,000 for a homeowner to put a down payment on their house. Mm-hmm. Most companies aren't doing that. Yeah. So we're providing down payment assistance, relocation, and you know, at the end of the day, we're really just we're we're here to help them. So if we can help them out, great. And if we can't, we provide them somebody else. A realtor, short sale, construction loan, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So you're connecting them, helping them get whatever they need. Correct. Yep. Gotcha. And um, so you were saying you're licensed, but you don't use it at all. Yeah, I used to. Except to get paid. I used to. In the beginning, when we'd do our own fix and flips and we didn't have project managers and we didn't have realtors, I'd be the one listing it and I'd be the one managing it. But, you know, I just... A good realtor really helps your business. Someone who really focuses on that, it really helps the business. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So these guys that work for you as realtors, are they... Do they have other clients or is it No, they much- work with us. They don't work for us. They're actually like big name agents like with Keller Williams and stuff like that. But they just give us, they, they make us a priority because we make them a priority because we provide them a lot of business. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you guys are doing a lot of different things, right? And they're all doing really well. Um, if you were to say one thing you guys specialize in, what would that be? Sales. Question. Sales. Sales? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, look, he's the best acquisition manager, uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and he's taught a lot of our acquisition guys how to build rapport, how to service the clients, mm-hmm. how to negotiate, you know, how to figure out exactly what type of situation they're in so we can help them. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like what really, you know, separates us. Yeah. Okay, so are you then going on the appointments or are you training them now where you're not going anymore? I still go, I still go on them, but in the next three months I'll probably be off of appointments. But mm-hmm. you know, there there's only so many of them, and there's only so many high leads. So I try to capitalize on every one. Yeah, yeah. So do you cherry pick them at all, or just cherry pick? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then your your main focus then is acquisitions. Yeah, acquisitions, marketing, and then financing for buildings. Getting the right financing in place. Okay. And then what is your specialty? Dispositions, operations, hiring, hiring. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, and then let's see what else is there. What are some of the KPIs that are really important for you guys? So on the acquisition side, leads um, leads to appointments to contracts. Because I know sometimes some people here do it virtually. We do everything in person. So we just want to know, okay, how many appointments do you want this week? And then how many contracts? And then, okay, there's no contracts. Why didn't it get signed there? So sometimes we've had some problems during Corona. Like they just wouldn't want to sign. It was, it was a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. But now everything's picking back up. So for acquisitions, how many appointments, contracts, dispositions? How many appointments? How many times did the buyers go see the property? How many offers were made? Yeah. Gotcha. So I love it. It's really clean and simple. Super yeah. easy. So COVID affected New York more than anywhere else. And we were kind of talking about this before the show started. Like out here, it almost feels like COVID never happened out here. Crazy. You know? <laughs> so how did that impact your guys' business? To be honest, I know it sounds crazy, but it only sped it up because yeah. a lot of people here have these second homes that maybe there were summer homes or you know extra rentals that 
were vacant. Home mm-hmm. people, the tenants left and they don't know what to do with them. So we had a lot. We actually had a lot of calls from people who had vacant properties. Those are the ones that we saw a lot of you know feedback from. So our, our business only sped up. So so these are people that had second homes in your area. Were they what parts of New York, Florida? Where are these other guys at? A lot of them were like maybe living an hour away, maybe from Manhattan that had it up here that weren't going to go back back and forth. Mm-hmm. That were like I just want to dump them. Gotcha. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, and so, if you were to describe the market that you guys are in, how would you describe it? Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Geographically, if you were to say, you know, from here to here, as far as you know, like milestones or not milestones, like markers, major, whatever. Do you guys have like a demographic? Like oh yeah, so basically we, we focus on the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. So the cities here were forty between forty five minutes to an hour and a half north of Manhattan. We really don't touch anything in Manhattan. So right. we're basically called the Hudson Valley. Yeah. So it's between four and five counties we focus on. Okay, so if you were to tell you, you know, like across, like for us, we touch everything in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so for us from downtown Phoenix, twenty five miles around, that's like the whole market. Yeah. Are you guys something 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 similar like that, or no, you guys we're go bigger, further? Way bigger, way bigger. So from like the bottom of Westchester County to the top of Orange County is probably about a ninety minute drive. Mm-hmm. So let's say about a hundred miles. Yeah, gotcha. So you guys have plenty. A lot of grass. Oh, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you guys spending right now in marketing? Uh, about eighteen thousand dollars a month. Okay, and what is your heaviest marketing? Direct mail. Direct mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys find a lot of luck with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're looking to do some more stuff though as well. One thing I forgot to mention to you is um, we actually just started SMS, which mm-hmm. has been really good because it's very cheap. So any of the lists that we, we get, we pull them. Instead of just cold calling them, we just started to text them. So it's been working pretty well. What are you guys using? Uh, the Smarter Contact. Smarter Contact? Yeah. I'm asking that because I know some other people that reached out to me. I was like, this is what I'm using. Mm-hmm. And like, they won't let me do it. <laughs> like, so like there have been ser- several providers like, yeah, use this company, use that company. And yeah. they're always like, nope, it's shut down in this area. <laughs> Because New York's pretty litigious. There's a lot of attorneys out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm glad you guys are able to figure that out. What about monthly overhead all altogether? She just ran our numbers yesterday. We're at about $47,800 a month. And that covers? Marketing, staff, rent, expenses, miscellaneous. That doesn't cover down payments or um, sometimes we put a little, for our hotel deals, we put a little bit of our own money into the deal for okay. the renovation, so that doesn't count it as well. Okay, so that doesn't include the GC either. Nope. That, that may include the rehab or no? Nope. Does not include the rehab. That's no. just running the That's marketing That's just running business. Raven 3 home buyers. Yeah. Crazy. Because the problem is, like sometimes like he was saying, is the attorneys want to put 10% down. So you buy a property for 300000 you got to come out $30,000 of your pocket. Mm-hmm. We like to negotiate as cheapest as possible, but yeah, that's it's about, yeah, yeah, in Westchester County. Yeah. Are there any like tools or systems that you guys just can't live without in your business? Podio, <laughs> PropStream. <laughs> you guys doing a lot from PropStream? Yeah, we like Prop, PropStream really good. What do you like about PropStream? You can filter the list. So like we have an avatar in each county, what type of home we're buying. Mm-hmm. A three bed, two bath, before 1980 year built, assessment value under 300,000. We're so specific because we want to get an ROI. Mm-hmm. So we'll pull those lists from PropStream they're not the always updated, most updated to be honest, but they're pretty accurate. So we utilize them a lot. Uh, you said your dad works with you guys now. Yep. What does your dad do? So he was actually a carpenter for himself for 25 years. He had a small um, you know, business for himself and then he retired, became a limo driver, saw that we were getting into the real estate business. So we, he became a limo driver Yeah. before or after you guys started? Before. before. But he was still absolutely adamant about you guys staying in college. Oh, both yeah. of our parents were. Because 
He didn't want you guys to become like a limo driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, they didn't want to take us. To want us to take any risk. Yeah. yeah, they wanted us to go back to school. Our mom was signing us up for you know junior year first semester. We were like, no way, <laughs> no way. All right, so, um, so you say your dad was a limo driver, and then. And then once he saw that we got into the real estate business and he had you know carpentry experience, he said, "Why don't I help you guys out as a project manager?" So we hired him full time. Gotcha. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Thomas says he used to flip shoes as well. Let's go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jeffrey Rumulus is asking, what challenges have you guys faced in New York that you think most other investors don't face? That's a good question. Hmm. Don't face? Yeah, like what are, what are, what are challenges that are s specific? Being able to, to get rid of deals. We're very good at selling the deal. So I feel like a lot of investors, some, like we do a lot of JV deals, mm -hmm. so sometimes wholesalers can't sell their deal, mm -hmm. and we're able to do it every time. Okay, what do you attribute that to? Just good buyer, deep buyers list. Deep buyers list, always networking, you know, using things like contract vendee, uh, things that other investors don't really do. What's that, contract vendee? Yeah, so we get a property and contract. Let's say our, our direct connections don't wanna buy it, we'll call Ricky, who's our agent, and have him listed on the market. So now the whole entire place sees it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just 100, 200 buyers, it's everyone around it can see it. So you're listing it with equitable interest? Yeah, Correct. on the market, yeah. On the MLS. Gotcha, very cool. Um, let's see, what else is there? Uh, so Ka wants to know what do your margins look like right now? We kind of talked about it. it's like 30, 35 for wholesale, about 50 for wholesale. Yeah. And then six figures plus for a flip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about for next year? Do you guys plan on increasing any of those specific margins, whether it's wholesale, hotel, or flip? We definitely want to do a lot more buying if the economy stays where it's at right now mm -hmm. because of just the demand for retail products, it's ridiculous. So we definitely so want to do more buying. More wholesale, I'm sorry, more wholesale or more or More wholesale and, and fix and flip. Both, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right, so what else is there? Uh, how Warner Kiroga wants to know, how are you scheduling your closings? So our attorney schedule them. So we have to just consistently ask our attorneys to reach out to the other attorney and schedule a closing. So that's something that d there is a delay because you have to get everybody on the same schedule. Mm -hmm. And these attorneys are busy, they're closing deals, they have their own business, so that's one thing, yeah, slows it down a little. Uh, any tips? Have a good TC that can really just follow up without annoying them, because if you annoy them, they're not gonna do anything for you. Mm -hmm. So a good TC is very vital to the business. Oh yeah. Uh, what would make a, a good TC for that? Someone who's just you know kind, you know, genuine and actually, you know, can really stay persistent without being coming off as aggressive. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of attorneys getting love in here. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kristen Franklin wants to know, how many deals have you guys closed in Manhattan? Zero. 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 And then as far as spread goes or diversity, you got single family, townhouses, commercial, multifamily. What is your bread and butter? The biggest profit spreads we've seen are two families on the wholesale side. You know? So when you say two families, I, I'm, I'm taking that as duplexes. Is that exactly. what you're talking duplex, about? Yeah. Okay. Um, we already talked about leads. How's the permit process been going during the pandemic? That's what Isaac Avalos wants <laughs> to know. We got lucky. We bought in some, some place in New York are really tough. Mm -hmm. We bought in the right areas that you know were very, very lenient in terms of permits. To be honest, we really don't pull too many permits. But um, if we do, we, we buy in the right areas that will allow us to do it quickly. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, real estate solutions company. So uh, let's see what else is there. Second homes in New York. That sounds backwards. <laughs> uh, and then are you guys doing, so you mentioned SEO. Yeah. How much of your business is coming from SEO? 
um, I would say about 10%. We try to do it, we run a lot of Facebook ads. We're always generating traffic to the websites and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we try to get as many online clicks as possible. And then are you guys doing any Google pay-per-click? Got really expensive, turned it off, yeah. Really expensive? What's yeah. expensive? 250 a lead, 225 a lead. Yeah. That's not expensive. To us it was, yeah, because we were so used to getting so cheap deals. You know, door locking and banner signs, it was so cheap. Yeah. I mean, those numbers are, are good even in this market. Mm. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we're paying more than that for a lead for pay-per-click. Wow. Uh, let's see, what else is there? Um, you're getting a lot of love for, you know, being young. Um, let's see, someone said they sat next to you at Extreme Freedom, Kish or Sonny. You guys are at Extreme Freedom? Yes. Yeah, Sean Terry. Yeah. Uh, is your attorney in-house or outsourced? Outsourced. Outsourced, yeah. The goal is probably in the next six months to, to get somebody that's going to be in-house. So the attention really is focused on, you know, actually closing the deal. Yeah. And then Zol wants to know, what are the cheapest areas that you recommend for investing in New York? Orange County. Any part of Orange County or is it just... Um, Newburgh, Middletown. So I want to buy something in Orange County. What am I spending? To fix and flip? Or to just, just to buy as a rental. 150 grand. 100, really? 150, yeah. yeah. 100, 150. Really? Yeah. yeah. I just assumed like a lot of New York was just really expensive. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's not, the, that's not the case. Very fascinating. Because that's upstate New York. You know, it's, it's about an hour, an hour and a half away from the city, so. Uh, Frank Rangel wants to know, how many foreclosures have you guys purchased this year? Foreclosures? Um, like pre-foreclosures out of all of our deals? Mm -hmm. I would say about 15, 20% of pre-foreclosure or okay. behind their taxes. Or behind their taxes, talk yeah. about that. So a lot of people obviously can't afford the New York taxes, so we, we hit those pretty hard. What, because uh, like out here, we're supposed to be about 1% of assessed value. Yeah. But really like our property tax is probably close to like 0.7% yeah. of assessed value, or of the property's value. Mm -hmm. What are you guys seeing? Like what are property taxes in New York? Yeah, closer to the city, they get really, they're outrageous. Mm -hmm. Like they're probably over assessed. That's why our homeowners are going crazy. Over assessed um, as in like the city saying your house is worth X, but it's more. way, but yeah. that's way more than how property's we worth. We have a deal. The home, the assessment value is four fifty, and we're selling it at one sixty, because the house is just so it's like five, four thousand square feet. So yeah. that's the reason. But a lot of times they're over assessed and they're paying way too much in taxes. What percentage of the properties are they paying in property taxes? I'm not too sure percentage wise. I just know they're over assessed. Yeah, <laughs> it's over like ten, twelve thousand for like a three hundred thousand dollar home. Yeah, probably more, closer to fifteen sometimes. Okay, so like up to like 5%. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah lot. up to 5%. And sometimes yeah. more. <laughs> I had some rental properties in, in, in Texas, and there was like 3%. I was like, ah, this is atrocious. <laughs> so it was way worse. Don't buy New, New York. York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the rental property in New York, uh, is, is the rental market making sellers hold long in New York? Uh, I don't know what that question means exactly. So... We talked about the percentages, so it was predominantly uh, flips and, 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 and hotels. Are you guys holding anything besides the multifamily? Uh, nope, just those two, two buildings. Okay. All right. And then, let's see what else is here. Seller's attorney has to provide the contract in New York. Are you guys bypassing that? And I, maybe that's the challenge. That yeah, that's the, that's the challenge. So, yes and no. So, legally, no. But most people think yes, just because it's New York, because it's an attorney state. So we had an attorney draft up like one blank contract, and then we go to the house and just fill out the the the, uh, the property. Terms. Yeah, yeah, the terms basically. Mm -hmm. So um, we do everything at the property. Okay, so you guys are not having the attorney draft the contract. We have one blank one, and then the actual the fine details, the purchase price, 
terms, closing date, that's all drafted at the house, depending on what the seller's you know terms are. There are deals though that our sellers, our attorney will send, you know, will be in contact with the other attorney mm -hmm. and they'll just draft the contracts up together. Gotcha. Um, and then Real Love and Real Estate wants to know, how do you deal with the gentrification issues some homeowners feel is attacking New York City right now? We're not really in New York City, so. Okay. All right. Uh, Michael Esposito wants to know, what kind of books would you recommend? Are there any books that you recommend? Definitely. Never split the difference on the, on the sales. Um, Think and Grow Rich, um, The Power of Now, The Secret. Those are like, you know, spiritual books, but all about your mindset, you know? Yeah, I can see mindset plays a really big role. Oh yeah. For you guys. What would you say is your why? Our parents, we're gonna get, you know, my dad's an immigrant, came here when he was 23 years old, so Immigrate he never- from where? Uh, Netherlands. Netherlands. Never really had money, so our parents really never had, never had too much. Grew up always, you know, scarcity of mo money mindset, so we wanna first get our parents right, you know, get ourselves right, and then uh, help other people get right. Any difference for you or same thing? Same thing. Same thing. Cool. What are you guys' biggest struggle right now? I would say probably managing people, to be 100% honest, but we just hired a COO, so that's gonna be able to help us out with, you know, just putting down the lay of the land. But we're really good at buying and selling. Everything in the middle we can work on, but you know, that's why we have people around us that are gonna be helping us out with that. So let's talk about your, your managing people. What were the challenges in managing people? Just making people show up and making them do, the, do what they have to do. Some people just don't wanna do what they have to do. Yeah. yeah, like knowing the numbers, like we used to do on our, he used to be dispositions, I was acquisitions, one TC and one lead manager. So mm. I would know buy cheap, sell high, like it was, but now it's actually like knowing <laughs> the actual numbers, how much for an assignment, how much cost per lead? Like we're not really good at that, so mm -hmm. we have to outsource that. Yeah, we did 35 deals last year, just me and him with one TC, mm -hmm. no project manager, nothing. And then this year we started outsourcing acquisitions, you know, another TC, disposition managers, project managers, operations officers. So now we're really starting to build something. Yeah, gotcha. All right, um, that was is that both of your guys' biggest struggle, or that was just your biggest struggle? I think that's my biggest struggle. I think yeah, managing. I think also just maintaining, like you know. Grow, knowing the, I think actually knowing the actual numbers, like mm -hmm. what is that? Because if you put five thousand in the bandit signs, what is that going to bring you? If it brings you five thousand, why do it? You know. Mm -hmm. So physically knowing what the ROI is on the marketing was probably some of the biggest things. So right now, you're, you 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 put five thousand in bandit signs right now. What's coming back? Yeah, a <laughs> lot more than five. <laughs> do you I, have an idea? Um, probably five x. Yeah. Yeah, twenty five thousand minimum. Because again, we try to monetize every lead. Which if you're in places like New York, San Francisco, really should try to do that because even on a listing, you can make as much as an assignment. So it's yeah. definitely worth it. Gotcha. Um, and then you said you hired the COO. What's he responsible for? Or he or she responsible for? Operations, just making sure when a transaction comes into the, the business that it gets from the contract to the closing. Mm -hmm. We want him to facilitate that completely and make sure that he's the people that are in the office are doing what they have to do on a consistent basis. Gotcha. So he's a process manager and a people manager. Correct. Yeah. Tracking gotcha. numbers, scorecards, KPIs, doing some of the financials as well, making sure the numbers make sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, how'd you find that guy? Wisehire.com. How do you know he's the right guy? Um, funny story, we're working with Gary Harper from CG, awesome. and Gary's I was on awesome the dude. phone with his COO, Austin McGurdy, mm -hmm. and we were speaking. He actually helps out some other hires as well, mm -hmm. um, and he actually said to me, he said, if you, by, based on his PI, so it was a personality index, he looked at it and he said, if you wanna hire this guy and you have the opportunity to, I would do it today. 
Yeah. That's what he said to me. So I didn't take, I took that for granted. <laughs> yeah, Gary's a stud. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. So what is your superpower? Building Besides rapport. Besides acquisitions. <laughs> Building rapport. It's true. Yeah. 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 Right. I, I think I'm pretty good at just understanding people and knowing, you know, someone's like, I would say, yeah, probably building rapport and, you know, just understanding. Because in sales, it's people always want them to be understood, but you have to understand the other person. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of people go into houses and they want the other person to understand them. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you understand the other person, you're going to make a lot more money. So yeah. I'm very good at understanding somebody and understanding where they want to go. You know, so I always ask the appointment, you know, so where you, why even sell this thing? Yeah. You know, Lots just, of empathy. Yeah. Exactly. What about you? I would say communication. I think it's number one thing in business. You have to be able to communicate, and if you can't, you can't get anything done. What are you good at communicating? Just what needs to get done, uh, you know, anything like scheduling, just roles, responsibilities, and just things that really just need to get done, you know? Gotcha. Priorities. What is the greatest lesson you guys have learned? Fail forward. Continue. We continue to fail every day. We keep learning, and we're just going to keep growing each and every day. Yeah. I would say the biggest lesson I've learned is a lot of people tell you can do something because they couldn't do it. So we've heard that a lot. You know, you can't do this, you can't do that. So we just stay focused and, you know, stay with the end vision every day. You know, know the end goal. Uh, Daryl Thomas wants to know, how did you transform from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset? It's a good question. So again, you know, growing up with scarcity, you know, you have to kind of envision you already have an abundance. So for me to get a six pack, I have to envision myself with a six pack. So the same thing in business. We already envisioned we had it. So if you believe you have it, you're gonna get it. Yeah, you're operating is like you already have a million dollars in the bank. Exactly. exactly. Uh, do you guys do any creative deals in New York? That's um, one thing we're actually you know trying to work on. Trying to get it's into a little, that it's, it's a little tough because um, there's some there's some laws and stuff. It's a little harder. We haven't done any, but we're looking to get into it. Gotcha. Yep. You should definitely talk to Pace while you're out here. Definitely. <laughs> um, Number one closer. <laughs> all right. Uh, how are you guys paying your COO? Uh, salary plus bonuses and incentives. Very cool, very cool. Uh, what is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Hmm. Repeat the question. Favorite, best, or most interesting failure? What do you mean, favorite, best? Just a failure that just was, it was a glorious failure, something that you'll never forget. It was just a- picking the wrong contractor. <laughs> that is the number one. When we, we don't have the right contract, you can't get anything done. We ended up pick for our first rehab. It was a wholesale deal, and I would drive every single day, 45 minutes for those six weeks for that for that for uh, that time frame for the renovation. And one day I got to the project about two weeks in, and I went to the house. No one was working. There was no music playing. There was no guys painting. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So I go around the back. The guy's sitting in his van. He's asleep in his car. The GC. And I just said to myself, you know, this can never happen again, ever. So after that, we really just locked in on who do we have to hire to get this job done, and are they the right person? So GCs are some of the hardest yep. people to, to, to find the right one. Oh yeah. And if they're like pretty competent, not even like amazing, if they're like pretty competent, they get pretty expensive. Yes, that's true. true. Is that what you guys are finding? Yes, correct. Gotcha. So what are you guys doing to find good GCs? Multiple bids, you know, we have a lot of guys we work with, we give them a lot of business so they understand we're providing them a lot of value so they mm-hmm. can take off a couple bucks here and there. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so Kish asked this question, uh, how do you get paid if you're using other realtors to list retail leads? So I work for eRealty Advisors, so we are 100% uh, brokerage, so I don't pay out any um, splits to my brokerage. So if I get a $5,000 referral check, I pay 200 bucks a month, and then you know I just get that transferred from my eRealty account. Yeah, 
So Kish, that's something that I've recommended multiple times. You got to be licensed because you're licensed. You're finding people that want to sell their houses with, with an agent. Correct. And there's just no reason not to get paid for that legally. There's no reason not to get paid legally. Correct. And Farai wants to know what is a GC? <laughs> General contractor. So they fix yeah. up all the work. Yeah, there are people doing the work, make sure the house looks good. And they're the ones that are responsible to the if anything goes wrong in the house. Yep, yep. It's their warranties. Um, all right. Is there anything else that we didn't cover here uh, that you guys wanted to talk about? Hmm. I don't think so. I'm going through a lot of the questions. I mean, a lot. Of, you're, you're motivating a lot of people. I'm not getting as many questions as I normally get, but you're definitely motivating. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. A lot of people. Um. All right. So, great deals. Yeah. Like a lot. Um. REI Rail versus Prop Have you tried REI Rail? Max Maxwell's. Um. Mm-hmm. No, I've not tried that. Okay. Yeah. Prop is pretty good. I think. Actually, I think even Max is pushing PropStream now. <laughs> yeah, PropStream's good, yeah. Yeah. So if you're an investor in New York, what, what would you recommend people do to start? What's the first thing you would do? So I would start um, start talking to the right people. You know, networking with realtors, maybe talking to some attorneys, fight the right opportunities. Mm-hmm. And probably for the first couple of transactions is wholesale because New York has a lot of pockets. You know, there's a lot good places, bad places. You want to just kind of know your areas. So farm the right areas and probably start off wholesaling and then start, you know, start buying rentals and fixing flips when you know the right markets to be in. Yeah. So you guys started not that long ago. You said there's 35 deals last year. Yeah. And then what were some of the things, because I mean, you started GC, uh, CG this year, what were some of the things that you did that helped you take a giant leap forward towards the end of last year or you know, to make the biggest difference? I think the biggest mindset difference was a lot of people get into wholesaling and it's still like a hobby. So we actually made a, com- made a commitment that it's a business. So we, were, we ran like a business now um, hiring the right people, so we only can do so much ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we want to get to the next level. We have to hire the right people. So hiring is important. Focusing on the right sales because you can have the best marketing, the best dispositions, but if you're not buying cheap enough, the, you Doesn't can't matter. sell them. So yeah. getting the right sales aspect towards it, hiring, and then I would say um, focusing on marketing. You know, because leads are the the lifeline of the business. So spending a lot of money on the right types of money on marketing was very very key. So you guys mentioned Gary Harper earlier, and he helped you. Um, figure out if the CEO is the right guy. Yeah. How long have you guys been working with Gary? We've been working with him for two months now. Okay. So he helped us hire a project manager, disposition manager. The COO was a recommendation, so it didn't go through them. But mm-hmm. you know, I actually interviewed him myself, the COO, and yeah. hired him. But he, they actually got us the dispo and project manager. Yeah. I mean, Gary's been around for a long, long time. Great guys. I was um, beginning part of COVID. He has he has his own little group, and I was really impressed just the people that were in his group. Yeah. Uh, that he's working with. Oh, um, yeah. So anyone that's you know interested in traction should definitely talk to Gary Harper. Yep. Um, Snap Realty wants to know: Are you buying houses with Section Eight tenants? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. Away from that. <laughs> really? Why is that? Too many problems, especially in New York right now. There's a moratorium; you can't even evict. So yeah. we're just not we're, we're looking to get paid on rentals. So we love our Section Eight out here in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else is there. Have you guys invested in uh, Erie County? Where? Erie, Erie County, is Buffalo, New York. Nope. No. Too far up. Too cold. What's your daily schedule look like? That's probably gonna be different for each one of you. Wanna start? start? So I get up, you know, around seven o'clock. I have my morning routine, meditation, read my books, do a little exercise, and then get to the office around nine thirty, mm-hmm. and stay there until like five six every day. Okay. We're just looking at a lot of properties at the office all day. If you need to find him, he's at the office or he's at a house. Yeah. Nowhere else. What's your daily schedule like? 
Yep, six o'clock, get up, read the book. I always read one chapter every morning. I've never told the difference just because I want to get my mind right. Mm-hmm. Listen to some John Martinez, go to the office, have a meeting with our sales guys, and you know, have, have see as many properties as possible and talk to as many sellers as possible. Yeah, I'm looking forward for Chris Voss speaking at our uh, quarterly event. Yeah, it's crazy, yep. Um, so now we're also know, can a seller ask Section 8 renter to vacate when they decide to sell? What was the question? Can you ask a Section 8 renter to, to, to leave when you decide to sell? Probably won't want to. Yeah, probably wouldn't want to. Yeah, you, you can ask him, but <laughs> say yeah. no, you're stuck with him. Uh, Carlton wants to know, have you guys ever looked at hotels? Hotels? Mm-hmm. No, not yet. That's in the future, though. Yeah, I mean, they're going to, those prices are going to be crashing down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how much data are you guys going through a month? Da- data? Mm-hmm. Um, so we always get new new lists from PropStream. We do we get a lot of lists from the county, so we refresh those probably every once a quarter, like the pre-foreclosure list, the probate list. We continually get those, you know, monthly, quarterly, so. Yeah. And then um, Francisco wants to know, how do you get your seller... How do you get the seller to get his or her attorney to allow the contract to be assignable? So we put in we put in every contract. It has to be assigned. So they really don't even. Sometimes they don't even miss it. A lot of mm-hmm. these attorneys are not even that that smart, and they just don't even see it. Mm-hmm. But every contract we provide, our attorneys know it has to be assignable. And if they don't allow assignment, we have to double close, which we don't like to do. Or we'll just close on it ourselves if it's a good enough deal to hotel or fix and flip. Yeah. Gotcha. And. Um, one of the things that we're really lucky with out here is it's really cheap to borrow hard money. Like hard money here is basically like private money. Yeah, yeah. amazing. What is it like for you guys out there in New York? What are you guys paying for, for hard money? We stay away from hard money now. We try to use private money or give a little bit of equity out. And the reason we do that is because the hard money out there is so expensive, it would rather give a little bit of equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does that mean as far as giving up a little bit of equity? So we have one guy that finances 95%, 5% down, one point, and then he'll be 10% interest. But then he'll get ten percent equity, so it's worth it because the other guys want four points sometimes. Yeah, ten percent of the deal. Yeah, gotcha. Cool, very cool. Uh, and at what points did you guys decide to get an office? That's what Warner wants to know. Um, we got our office, uh, I think, in January of twenty eighteen. Early, we wanted to get into an office early because we wanted to separate ourselves from being at home, like you know, hanging out, versus mm-hmm. being in the office and working. So yeah. it, it was a big shift. What's the company culture like? So obviously we're not very corporate. So if some, you know, we we focus mainly on results, you know. So it's like Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of energy, <laughs> just deals. <laughs> gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so I want you guys to leave listeners with a thought. Each one of you guys. So I'm gonna make one quick announcement, uh, guys. If you guys like today's show, please like, hit the like button right now, comment, share this if you can. Um, and then next week we've got Dominic Felix and Gonzalo Corzo. They're coming back for round two. They're going to talk about how they did 200000 in wholesale fees in Florida last month. And I, they sent me the HUDs, and it's, it's kind of crazy. So definitely check us out next week. Uh, and, again, guys, if you guys want to check out the, uh, the, the uh, perfect seller appointment, go to disruptors.com slash checklist. Um, so I'm going to start with you. Cool. So Last obviously the, the, the biggest tip is, like I said, commitment. That's the number one, my favorite word. Whatever business you're trying to start is wholesaling, you're gonna be an Uber driver, whatever the case may be, just make a full commitment because if you're in it halfway and out halfway, it's probably not gonna work. So most people get so frustrated, it's not working because they're really not committed to it. They say they are, but they're really not fully committed. So if you're trying to get into wholesaling, you know, listen to guys like Steve and just take a full commitment and results will happen. So just stay committed. What would be how 
or what steps should they take to be committed? Because it's easy to say, like, you know, be committed. Yeah. What should they be doing to demonstrate they're committed? So revenue generating activities. So obviously, if you're by yourself, talking to sellers, getting the right data, having the right conversations, mm-hmm. going on appointments, making offers. That's all you should be doing. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, forget about that. Just make offers, talk to sellers, and have quality conversations. Sound like an acquisition manager. That's it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> what about you? I would just say you, know, you gotta surround yourself around the right people. Because if you're not gonna surround yourself around the right people, you're never gonna get to where you wanna go. I'm a prime example. I had a 2.1 GPA in college, hanging around the wrong people, got into real estate, started connecting with realtors, mortgage brokers, other investors, people that had the right mindset that I had, that we had. Obviously, we had to grow that mindset. And just continuing to excel and you know just take consistent efforts daily on a daily basis. So same thing. Tips for connecting yourself with the right people and then the how to um, stay consistent. Don't be afraid to get out there, go to events. We went to so many, we had our own meetup, a meetup group. We met a lot of people there. We were always going to real estate meetups. We were always, you know, looking on just real estate 24 seven. If people had the right mindset where they're looking to grow and they're looking to take advantage of their, of their life, then that's what we're looking to do too. Yeah. I love it. I and mean, that's some, I got a couple of things that people ask about how, how, um, the, the commonalities and I say that everyone that's successful is they're obsessed with success. That's it. That's they're it. just, this is it. Like there's no, there's nothing else. There's 24 no other seven. Yep. Yeah. There's All nothing right. else. So if someone, somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? I'm on Instagram at jake.deraff, J-A-K-E dot D-E-R-A-A-F-F. Yeah. Don't find him on Facebook because we're not Facebook friends. <laughs> uh, how does someone get a hold of you? Uh, the T-H-E Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N, same last name, Deraff on Instagram. Very Facebook cool. as well too. All right, so we can't shake hands yet, so <laughs> thank you guys. No thank problem. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you guys for watching. Yeah, see, we real estate disruptors. Can't nobody touch us. And yeah, we about to give you game. Shout out to Steve Train. Real estate disruptors. They cannot touch us And yeah, we about to give you game Shout out to Steve Train Jump on the Steve Train We about to give you game REI's flowing through my veins And you don't have to look no further See right here, you gon' learn everything Yeah See, we real estate disruptors. 